Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. If you are struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder, then check out NoCD. NoCD offers online therapy for people who are struggling with OCD anywhere in the United States and now in the United Kingdom. You can do live video sessions with a licensed therapist who specializes in the treatment of OCD, which is exposure and response prevention. Between sessions, you'll get 24-7 support from our peer support community and our clinician-guided tools. You also have the ability to message your therapist from the app for additional support and encouragement. Plus, the app tracks all of your exposures, and there are tons of other ERP tools on there too, like an SOS track to put on when you're really, really struggling. You can get started by booking a free call at www.treatmyocd.com or download the free NoCD app to get started. And depending on what state you live in, you may even be able to work with me as your therapist. We even have free support groups that you can sign up for, and they're all led by a therapist who specializes in ERP. Head to www.treatmyocd.com and tell them that Jenna Overboss sent you. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of All the Hard Things. I am joined today by Christina Orlova otherwise known as OCD Whisperer uh, over on Instagram. So I'm really excited to have her here today. Um, We've been talking just a lot about how we're both nerds, about exposure and response prevention, and about OCD. Um, So yeah, she has a podcast. I'm really excited to answer some questions from you guys and uh, just get her take on some things. So Christina, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me, Jenna. I'm really appreciated and excited to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you so much. So yeah, I mean, I kind of want you to introduce yourself just a little bit quickly and then we can get into some questions. Yeah, so I am Christina Lova. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in California and I specialize in OCD and anxiety disorders. And I've been in mental health for about a decade, um, but I used to do more like trauma and uh, foster care, kind of adoption work, and then um, got into OCD and anxiety and just fell in love with it. And that's it, never looked back. And um, also I happen to have OCD. And so I'm definitely one of those people who did not know it for a very long time. And when everything kind of came together, I realized, oh my God, I could have saved myself a lot of headache if yeah. I knew things a lot sooner. So um, kind of led to where we're at now. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure 
you know, you were already doing trauma work. So I'm sure the ERP bones and like the concept of doing difficult things like that was already in you. And so I'm sure when you just discovered exposure and response prevention and kind of the OCD community, like me, you probably just totally fell in love. And yeah, I'm sure a lot of people listening can totally resonate with that concept of like, I was struggling with it for a really long time. And I didn't even know that I had it because society doesn't really talk about things other than contamination. They don't really talk about things other than kind of being neat and orderly and, and perfectionistic. So that actually leads into one of our questions um, that I collected from my audience. Um, it's this concept of rumination and pure O. So um, what is your take on rumination? Uh, kind of like, like maybe these mental rituals that people are engaging in. Um, and just like, what are your practical tips as far as that goes? Totally. So I think, um, I think there's a couple of things. One is as humans, we, it, it's actually normal for us to ruminate and dwell on topics and think about things. The difference is for OC, an OCD person, you're not just dwelling and then arriving at some conclusion and moving on. You just end up being stuck in this repetitive pattern of thinking. And so whether it's constantly going over and over a situation or asking yourself bazillion questions, you're basically kind of stuck in this, what I call like a hamster wheel. So the, the, key, the key piece about this for a person with OCD is to number one, get really present and aware and consciously clear um, about being able to differentiate when you're actually truly thinking and when you're getting stuck in, in basically a loop cycle. Um, because a lot of times you think you're thinking, but you're actually mentally just compulsing. And so the best way to know that, to, to differentiate or to know that is, is to essentially pause for a second and ask yourself, am I arriving at any actual conclusions? Am I arriving, am I, am I actually uh, coming up with some sort of solutions? Am I moving on? And if the answer is I'm really not, I'm still processing and reprocessing and reprocessing the same issue, then essentially you're now stuck in a loop. So that's gonna be step one, is you have to become aware of it. And then step two, um, is that once you've become clear on that, literally it's making a choice to say, I'm going to proactively choose to not answer that question anymore. Because as we all know, everything in OCD, it, it's a doubting disorder. So it all cent- centers around uncertainty. So it's making a choice to come back to a place of saying, you know what, I'm going to choose to not know or have the answer to that question that I keep trying to answer. Um, and, and that's a process where you do have control. And so being able to um, actually step in and proactively choose to not continue that thinking, that's where, um, that's where you have control over the situation. And that needs to be practiced and t- until that muscle gets strong. Yeah, I love that. I 100% agree with everything that you said. And before the podcast, you know, we started recording, you and I had talked about how it kind of took us a while to get on board with that concept that rumination is a compulsion and that there is this very small window of opportunity for you to make that decision about, yep, that was a thought. That was a thought that popped into my mind and anything else after that is within my control. Like how I respond to that, if I give it attention, um, it's a very, very small kind of window where you have to really practice. Like you said, it has to be something that you're diligent about. And it's, it's not something that you just learn and that you master in one fell swoop. You really do have to practice. So well, yeah, you gotta be, you have to become aware, right? Like anything in life, if you're not aware of something, how can you work on it? So you have to become aware. You, you've absolutely got to put your, your attention to it. And so that's where like writing, writing it down, doing like a compulsion, um, a rumination log. Um, I mean, I'm really a big fan of putting pen to paper because you got to get it out of your head so you can see what's actually happening, right? Because you can get so stuck in your own mind 
And then of course you're going to lose your ability to perceive anything accurately. So once you put it on paper, a lot of times, you, you know, in the moment you might not still be re realizing that you're doing it. Uh, but again, like part of your response prevention rules might be that when I'm in that state of peak and anxiety, I'm going to just have a hard rule to not do anything for 24 hours. I'm going to sleep on it for 24 hours. And that can really help to slow the process down so that when you come back at it and look at it again, you can start to recognize and see, oh, wait a second, um, I, I'm, I'm entering that, that familiar place again. And of course, the more you do that, the more it becomes, again, muscle memory and you recognize it faster and faster and faster every time. Yeah, I'm old school too. I really love the pen to paper. Um, even doing things like on the phone, I'm not as good with. And I really have always seen a little bit more success when people really take that pen to paper. And I love, I always, it comes down first and foremost to that self-monitoring and that awareness. You can't hit a target that you can't see. So exactly, right, exactly. And, and all my, um, I mean, I have a lot of also, um, for folks when, that I work with, a lot of them are in their 20s and 30s. And I will tell them like, listen, if you don't have a pen and paper, you have your notes in your phone, open your notes, create one folder that you can call your rumination folder. Yeah. And every time put a date and then just start typing or, or you can do text to type and just start speaking and let it type out so that you can start to collect for yourself, your own um, like little record, right? And every time you go back, you kind of study it and you look at it and then you can start to increase that awareness as well. So it's really an, an easy way to access your phone um, to, to have it be a powerful tool for that. Yeah, that's such a good tool. And I love these little practical things too. So related to that, what happens when someone's doing really, really well in therapy, like they know everything that they need to do, but then as I'm sure you've either experienced or witnessed with your own clients, like, what happens when OCD kind of sweeps in and it tries to sabotage progress? Like when someone is doing really well, but then all of a sudden now they start to obsess or ritualize over a relapse or their future or losing control. Um, am I ready to step down from my therapy sessions? Am I ready to be on my own? What are, what are your recommendations or go-to practical tips for that situation? I love it. So here, here's, here's my thing. I'm a really big fan of taking things that can be complex and making them as simple as possible so that you can execute, especially in moments like you just described. Because the reality is when we're all really stressed or, or when, when OCD hits and you're starting to, again, have that anxiety and you're obsessing again or you're ruminating or compulsing, you're not going to have access to the higher level of thinking. So you need to have really clear, simple strategies that you can implement immediately. So having said that, the strategy that I like to recommend is ERP. So as we know with everything, right, it has to be saying, okay, I'm not sure about my recovery. I, I, I'm starting to um, get really anxious and scared about, you know, relapsing. And it's again, going into using your exposure strategies and having a very clear response prevention plan. And yet again, pro and I mean, proactively making a choice to say, I'm going to have to continuously choose, take, take that risk of not knowing. And when I cross that bridge, you know, then I'll, I'll figure it out then. But until further notice, we're going to just take, take, take that option and kind of allow myself to entertain that option that that might, might happen. And then of course, exposure work, right? You have your narratives, scripts, reading articles, allowing yourself to face the topic, submerge yourself in the topic so that you in essence, normalize it and you're not making it, um, something that's, you know, so, so scary. Um, it doesn't mean that these things are not scary. But the more you practice this work, literally you get so much stronger because the reality is we live with so much uncertainty every day, all the time anyway. And we all are doing it. All of us, all human beings that are alive on the planet are doing it. We're all going through it. We're all figuring it out. So we all clearly have some sort of internal strategies and skill sets for this. So it's remembering also that, you know, 
OCD loves to hijack your system. OCD loves to have you focus on a slice and treat it as the whole. And you have to kind of step in and start to self-coach and remind yourself like, hold on a second. Am I having a familiar experience again? Wait, is this OCD again? Okay, I'm, I'm again stressing out. I'm not, I'm not sure about my recovery. Okay, well, do I have to be sure? Well, let, let me sit with that uncertainty. Let me allow myself to, um, to be unsure. Let me allow myself to not only be unsure, but let me allow myself to go all the way in because OCD loves to dangle that carrot in front of you, right? And have you get really scared so that you start to compulse. And how do you get ahead of OCD, right? You get ahead of it by saying, okay, bully, I see what you're doing and I'm going to meet you and raise you. And so you kind of take control in that way by leaning into it more and saying, okay, let, let's go into the worst case scenario. Let me allow myself to, to have that thought all the way through. Um, and then that's how your brain, of course, will help to kind of detach and, and separate from it. So you can see it for what it actually is. Yeah. And you are talking about such a huge concept, which is this uncertainty piece. And I think people don't realize sometimes that we, it's not like people with OCD are ill-equipped or unable to sit with uncertainty. We all sit with it, like you said, all the time, even people who have OCD, right? Like they got to my session by coming on, by getting in their car and driving across town. Um, they ate a piece of food this morning and they weren't sure if they were going to choke on it and die, but they still ate their breakfast, right? Like they got in the car being uncertain if they were going to die in a car accident, but they still got in the car. And so it's that concept of like, you don't need to be 100% sure in order to live a life that's consistent with your values. I value my body and I value my health and I value not being hungry. So I'm going to say, screw that little bit of uncertainty and I'm going to eat my food. I am willing to sit with the uncertainty hypothetically that yes, anytime I get in the car, I could die in a car accident because I value my autonomy. I value my independence and I don't want my husband to have to do everything for me. So I think it goes to show like people who have OCD, they are, they may struggle with it in these certain areas. Like you said, like they focus on one little slice. Um, and the OCD obviously just ransacks that little slice and it makes everything so much worse because they really, really value that. And they've been ritualizing around it. So their tolerance of that uncertainty in that particular area is really low, but they're able to sit with it. They do it in these other areas all the time. I don't know if you have any other thoughts about that. Well, that's exactly right. And I mean, and that is the clarification, right? It's that exactly when you, when you're, when a person, any one of us, when we're at baseline, we, we are, we have the capacity to perceive things more objectively, more accurately, right? When you're not at baseline, you're going to perceive things more threatening and, and you're not going to be able to see things clearly. And so again, remembering what's going on in the OCD brain, right? It, it's, I mean, all people have these moments, of course, but folks with OCD um, just obviously have, have them a lot more and, and it can feel so, so scary when it's happening. And that's why I always tell people, look, temporarily, literally your system is being hijacked and you cannot tell the difference if in fact this bad thing could happen or will happen, but you're gonna definitely most likely perceive it to, to have a higher likelihood of that it could happen. And so you're gonna do everything possible to essentially make sure that you get through it and, and you protect yourself and survive, which makes sense because of, you know, it's triggering the fight and flight response. But what we're asking you to do, you know, it, it, it's, it's really, it's kind of intense, right? Because you're having to go against your organic intuitive response to self-protect. And we're asking you to do something that feels so counterintuitive, but the more you practice, the more you do it, the more you, you get to separate from your OCD and really recognize when that internal feature turns on and comes online so you can really see it for what it is and so then when whenever new themes or topics come up like suddenly you're, you're obsessing and getting scared about your recovery or you're being unsure will i re really recover or won't i recover 
um, you can again kind of pivot yourself and see what's actually happening and then uh, step in and start to implement your tools as quickly as possible. I've often said that one of my favorite go-to self-care routines is to get my nails done. But if you're like me, then you just can't justify salon prices or the harshness that these bring to your nails. Olive in June allows you to get the salon quality manicures and pedicures at home. You can easily go up to seven days without chipping, you don't have to leave the house, and you can finally stop spending $35 or more every two weeks on getting them done. For $10 off your first order, Head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com and click on deals. Yeah, and I think sometimes people think like, oh, I learned exposure and response prevention just for contamination or just for my harm intrusive thoughts. I don't know how to apply it to these other areas. And the, the cool thing about exposure and response prevention is that it's it has nothing to do with content. It has nothing to do with anything like that. It's you can literally take all the skills that you've learned from your therapist that you've been executing this whole entire time and you can apply it to any aspect of your anxiety or OCD. So whether it's a job interview that you're afraid of, whether it's a random sexual intrusive thought that you've had that you've never had before and it's totally new, these other kind of subtypes don't have to come up out of the middle of nowhere and throw you off of your A-game. They will because we know that the that's kind of how OCD happens and we know that we all have intrusive thoughts of all different kinds and so intrusive thoughts aren't necessarily going anywhere. It's more so a just changing in general of how you respond to those intrusive thoughts. Not just how you respond to contamination, not just how you respond to the fear that you may be attracted to children, but how you respond to intrusive thoughts in general. So yeah, you have so many awesome practical tips. Um, I know we're kind of trying to keep it short today and just really practical, simple. So I want to know, Christina, I told you, I ask everybody who comes on the show, why do you think it's important to do and go through hard things? Because obviously as an ERP therapist, you kind of have to walk your talk, right? Like you kind of have to, maybe not perfectly, but you, uh, and I obviously believe in and are passionate about this concept of doing difficult things. We do it every day. So why do you think it's important to do and go through hard things? You know, I'll be honest, it's a really good question. And I think the, f the first kind of word that comes to mind is, is to stop trying to bypass things. You know, I think in life as humans in general, I think most of us, you know, if we had the option to, you know, press something or, or take, take some magical supplement or do something that could just immediately get rid of everything and we can coast through things and, and everything would be amazing. I think we'd all opt for that. But the reality is life throws so many curveballs. You think you're going one direction, suddenly it's another. So, you know, part of, if you will, kind of training of being alive and going through life is learning to master, and really it's an art form, to master the art of going through challenging and difficult moments and situations because they will come up. There's just no way, there's no way that you will not ever have some sort of a difficulty or a challenge. It doesn't exist. So when you can really grasp that, that that's part of being alive, that it just makes logical sense to say, you know what, then I might as well pre keep preparing and keep practicing so that whenever something difficult comes, I, I have that internal resource that I can access. I can allocate my internal strategies um, and, and put systems in place and I can get through it and I can trust myself because I've done it enough. 
Um, I mean, I'll tell you for me, like, I mean, immigrating from Ukraine to the States, you know, with my family, going through that transition of trying to just fit in and learn the language and all of that stuff, you know, really hard. I mean, personal things I went through and then OCD, which I didn't even know was OCD. And, you know, for myself, definitely like I have relationship OCD and perfectionism and fear of doing something wrong and a lot of mental rituals, which I didn't even know that that was what was going on. So, you know, you like, you look back and you realize, man, like there are some really tough, tough things that you go through. And, but the more that you learn to face them and to carry help carry yourself through them with as much love and um, patience um, as possible the more you train and teach yourself that you really can do it you really can do it like i'm scared of heights i went skydiving twice i literally thought i was gonna have a heart attack um and i had some crazy like nervous reactions but you know i did it and afterwards i was like man thank god i did it and that experience was really profound and it really sh continues to show and, and it's really to show yourself you are so much stronger than you think you are so much more powerful than you give yourself credit for um so i always tell people don't don't shortchange yourself you know give yourself the the credit that is due um and and choose the difficult thing because in the end it will make you stronger and better I absolutely love that. I think that's perfect. I wish that I could, yeah, like just take that little clip and save it and tell that to everyone who I work with because I can totally relate. Like I was just talking a little bit ago on my own Instagram stories about how I went rock climbing the other day and I, I'm like all excited about it. But then I realized I'm terrified of falling down. Like I don't, I, I like it's, it was terrifying to like be all the way up there and then let go. And so I was using three times as much energy, like going back down, like stone by stone. And then I realized like, this doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to know that anxiety is winning here. It doesn't feel good to know that like, I could be having a better time if I had it my way. I don't like that this thing is winning on me right now. Like so I really got mad at it. <laughs> and like you said, like, I don't want to go home with that feeling of like, I could have had a better time if I would have just challenged myself. Like, I don't want that regret. And so I literally made myself do exposures right there where I would like climb up three or four rocks and then I would fall. And then I'd climb up four or five rocks and then I would fall. And by the end of it, I got all the way to the top and I was falling like a pro and it actually felt really good to fall. Like I was so proud of myself just like you said like you get this corrective experience afterwards where you just are really proud of yourself and you are really happy and just ecstatic about the fact that you call the shots in your life and you're not going to let OCD run the show anymore 100% that's beautiful yes exactly I love it you're like I even learned to enjoy the fall I got really yeah, good at it that, like that ended up being the fun part because it was like take that like take that man exactly so, yeah exactly. you have so many awesome things you have so many awesome insights and I like love everything I love all of your perspectives and I know that you have a lot of great things going on um these days so Christina just talk to my audience about where else they can find you and kind of the other cool things that you're offering right now yeah, thank you so much. So right now I'm doing a free five-day challenge just to kind of introduce a little bit of the, the work to folks with OCD and to start to um, help people learn and, and engage in some of that self-reflection. Um, and also um, I've put together two things. One is I had so many clients kept asking me like, I wish I could have you in my pocket between sessions. And I was started to, and with one client in specific, I started laughing and I said, oh, you mean like a podcast? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then another client mentioned it. So out of, out of that, really, I kind of just took it and decided to do it. 
So I have a podcast called OCD Whisper Podcast, and um, I offer really quick practical tips so that a person can implement it immediately right away, right that, they, that date then and there. And then I also have had folks reach out from different parts of the world mentioning that you know they can't access the training or they don't have a specialist near them or it's so expensive they can't afford it. So I was thinking about it and I kind of came up with this notion of, oh, I can create like a monthly membership because that would be the best way to make it as cost effective as possible and kind of like a hybrid where there's pre-recorded trainings um, walking you through um, basics of what ERP is. It's over, over a six week process. And then every week um, on Thursdays, I have a live Q&A call that I do and it's a group call. And so people come on that call and they can ask any and all questions that they want and, and they have access to a specialist. I, I always let them know this is obviously not you know, um, we're not doing like clinical therapy one-on-one, but we're definitely doing group training and coaching. And it's so beneficial just to see and hear from other folks. And then once a month, I have a topic training that I, um, that is offered by a different person. Um, his name is Chris Tronson, and he's also a specialist in the field. Um, so I have him come in as a guest uh, speaker and he, we do topic trainings on like different subtypes and some tools and strategies. And then folks can ask him questions at the end. Um, so that you're always having support and there's a private Facebook community that we have so that people also get um, different tips and kind of motivators there. And if they have questions, they can always ask and more resources in that section. And of course, whatever people need, they let me know and I try to create it and build it and give it right back to them. So that's called Mastering OCD Membership. Um, and that's to anybody around the world who wants to join, it's $59 per month. And then for anybody who wants to work with me directly, I have a part-time practice called Core Results, um, and that's for 45-minute sessions, individual, um, and that's only for California residents since I'm only licensed in the state of California. Yeah, awesome. So many awesome, like, practical step-by-step things. I'm a practical person, too, as many of us are who do ERP, because as you know, it's very practical, very action-based, very skill-based, very solution-oriented. So this was really fun. Thank you so much for hopping on here and talking to us and yeah, giving us like your little pep talk. This is awesome. So thank you again so much. Um, anyone who's out there listening, I'll make sure that all those links and um, where to find Christina more of will be in the show notes. So you don't have to go searching for it. I'll make sure it's in the show notes for you guys. And Christina, thank you again. Until next time, you guys keep doing all the hard things. Thank you, Jenna, so much. Deeply appreciated. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.